today we'll be talking about a topic that is no stranger to us. We shall be discussing COVID-19 and really looking at the mental health effects it's had. Today's guests are individuals who have first-hand experience of the great measures that have been put in place by governments because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're going to be looking at both the good and the bad that the COVID-19 pandemic has brought and in a very specific way how we've all had to adapt so rapidly to the changes happening around us and in a you know also looking quite closely at the mental health issues that have emerged quite clearly because of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is going to be an amazing amazing discussion. Great. So welcome to the CBT podcast. My name is Danielle Luj and I am joined by a fantastic all ladies panel. Um, today we'll be discussing mental wellness and mental health surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. I'll start off with Zainab to please introduce yourself. Hi, um, my name is Zainab. I'm currently a second year psychology student and um, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Great, thank you so much for joining us today. Edwina? Hi, my name is Edwina Dejarenda. I'm also a second year psychology student. Great, thank you so much for joining us today. And lastly, Hannah. Hello, I'm Hannah, also a second year psychology <laughs> student. It's clearly <laughs> second year is the year to be in, yeah. Is everyone- yeah, it's a good year. <laughs> Great, so- um, Hannah, we can just start with you. Um, in your view, what is the current state of, you know, our mental health, especially considering we are in the more, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic? What would be your general overview of our mental wellness? Um, well, obviously the pandemic's been a massive contributor to our mental health, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's helped people adapt. So people are taking more time to check in on others and become more aware of others mental health as well as their own before everyone was so busy with their lives many individuals didn't have time to really sit and have a proper conversation Mm. um they haven't this time has given people uh, the ability to get to know others better um, and to see what people like and what people don't like and with that you can help those around you because you've got you find things in common yeah Great, thank you so much. Uh, Zainab, what would be your view of our current mental health? I definitely think it's increased, well, mainly because of obviously Corona and lockdown. It's something that many of us haven't experienced before. So having so much change, it's normal for people to be to feel, because um, of so, oh, sorry, I might bundle, I muddle up there. <laughs> so because of all the change, like it's normal for people to feel worried and because of this as well I feel like um, more people are more open about it and more talkative about it so therefore like it's another factor that contributes to how much it's increased right now. Mm. Great, um, Edwina what would be your view of our current mental health? Um, I think that because of COVID and how much people have had to stay at home and uh, reduce their physical interactions mental health has sort of taken a decline because of the isolation that people are in and the increasing rates of loneliness that have been reported, especially because 
um, online interactions don't hold the same depth and warmth to physical interactions and it can seem a bit one-sided if the other person is not within the same like physical environment as you. Mm. So I think Corona has definitely definitely increased uh, depressive states to a certain extent. Yeah, all very valid points. I think something that's come out, you know, very clearly is that um, you know mental health is no longer a very unknown term. Every other person has come across um, you know the term mental health or um, yeah, just interacted with it in one way or another. So lots of conversation around it. And, um, you know, we're still in the middle of COVID, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and different regions are having different experiences. In fact, today, um, I was talking to someone earlier, and you know, they're saying, oh, this whole COVID situation is over. And I was like, there are people who are on lockdown. It's far from over. So, um, Zainab, we could start with you. What has your COVID experience been? What have, you know, what are some of the advantages or uh, disadvantages that have come about due to the COVID-19 pandemic? For me, it's been kind of like a bit of a roller coaster. Like some days I have good, good days and some days are not so good. And that's completely normal, I understand. Yeah. Um, for my good days, I realised that like, I realised that it was like, I learned so much about myself. Like I learned about the person I am. Mm. I guess it's because I had more time to discover what I like, what I don't like, and the type of person now I am. Yeah. So that was that was good. I really enjoyed that. And I also discovered some hobbies. Mm-hmm. And then also about the lows is that like I have I noticed my mood was very like my mood was also at really kind of stuff. <laughs> like in the day it would go up and down. And those are the days that I would find the hardest because like I just it was hard to find something to do all the time. Yeah. And the fact that it's a, it's a complete change to what I'm used to. Now I'm suddenly at home all the time and now I can't see my friends. I can't go see my family members. I have to just stay at home. And also the fact that I didn't know what was going to happen yeah. in the next couple of weeks was so worrying. And the fact that, you know, what I'm hearing on the news, like it's a scary virus. So that contributed to the days where I felt low. Okay. And um, so very, what, two sides of the coin. There were some good things and also not so great things. Hannah, how would you describe your COVID-19 experience? Well, mine has been somewhat enlightening too, because I've had time to think about what is important to me, what I want to focus on and prioritise when things do get back to normal. But it has been a mixed bag of emotions because some days you feel like you've got so much time to pass and you have little motivation to do anything. Because yeah. after the first lockdown, I felt like I'd accomplished it. I felt like I'd managed to, you know, make the most of my time and everything was going to be okay. But yeah. now it's almost been a year. That was in the summer. I know me and a lot of other people are starting to feel a little bit fed up. Yeah. And it's hard to deal with feelings of fed upness when you can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's very frustrating. Though. And then the uncertainty, I can only imagine. Um, yeah, how that contributes to the whole situation. Uh, Edwina, what has your COVID-19 experience been? Yours is a bit of a mixed bag, but yeah, how's your experience been? Um, my challenge was trying to keep on top of every single thing I needed to do because I was at home and I had to travel back to Kenya instead of staying in the UK. My issue was I sort of became lazy because we don't really have a plan and I'm not going outside interact- interacting with people. So the first couple of months is a lot of nothing but then um, I figured that like 
trying to balance between the two time zones also became challenging because we have to do lectures which are three hours behind the time in Kenya. So it often led to me studying late into the night. But then after I rearranged my schedule and tried to figure out like how to still entertain myself and interact with people while maintaining to under maintaining to COVID restrictions, then it sort of became easier because after I would have like my afternoons for university work and my evenings and my mornings dedicated to like my friends and whatever hobbies and interests I needed to do to keep me busy. So it got better with time, but the first lockdown was particularly hard because of like just pure laziness, if I can say, (laughs) and the, the lack of consequence for not working. Yeah, okay. Well, to be fair, it was a very uncertain time. It still is very uncertain. So it's very understandable to not be sure about what we need to be doing. So I'm hearing different um, concepts. Something very interesting that I think most of you have mentioned is this concept of self-awareness, which is really interesting to look into, you know, the con- um, how you're able to learn more about yourself, monitoring your moods. Those are things maybe previously you didn't have time to do before. And now you have the time to do it. And that's really beneficial. We'll probably have an episode of that sometime. Just the power of self-awareness. So um, obviously the different coping skills you've all been employing and putting into place so that, you know, this time is not as, you know, frustrating as, you know, as it's not too frustrating. You're able to, you know, going to school, finishing classes, doing exams, whatever you need to do. So just using different um, coping skills. So um, Hannah, maybe you can start us off and let us know what are some of the coping skills that you did employ, you are employing, or you'd suggest to someone to you know start doing uh, so that they can deal better with the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, as Adrena said, like a lot of people are struggling with motivation. It's easy to become lazy you know I became quite a couch potato and um, I felt quite overwhelmed when I realized that I needed to change my ways um, so I've been creating lists every morning of simple things that I can achieve you yeah. know taking time for self-care having a shower or painting my nails things that are achievable but not too challenging because mm-hmm. then when I've completed it I feel a sense of achievement I feel like I've done something worthwhile in my day and it helps with motivation for the next day and it also makes me feel like my life's less out of control Mm-hmm. and it gives me time to appreciate smaller things so it's a win-win really yeah okay that sounds like a really simple system it's not complex yeah okay uh Zena, what coping skills have you been using to deal better during this COVID-19 pandemic so at the beginning of the lock beginning of the lockdown I discovered that I really really like baking and cooking mm. so what I did is I dedicate days to just baking new things and things that take a long time yeah so I make I baked the cake that took three hours and that was I love that <laughs> it kept me really busy and I really enjoyed that and I also and also what things things that helped me deal with those as well keeping in contact with my family and my friends and then also looking after myself so looking after my skin looking after my hair and especially since it's so easy to just forget to you know change out your pajamas making sure that I do those things every like making sure that I do those things and take time into looking after myself and baking and cooking it's just really really helped me like I think those are the things that really saved me throughout that lockdown okay and I like how it's pretty much spread out to all the different facets of your life you're looking at your social your emotional your physical really good yeah 
Um, Edwina, what are some of the coping skills you've been using? Uh, similarly, I think also putting in time for, as Zainab said, cooking and finding out new hobbies. Um, what I found works for me is if I sandwich the hard bits of the day with happy things. So in the, in the morning, I'll do stuff that, like I'll wake up and I'll cook for the day or um, talk to my mom or cousins and stuff. And that really puts me in a good mood. Mm -hmm. And then now I can sit down and do all the draining things that I don't want to do, but have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the afternoon is when, in the evenings is when like I can relax and kind of do whatever I want, right? I've come to discover that I like knitting. I'm mm. such an old woman, but it's good. Oh, I, I love made half a scarf. It's great. It is. It's like a task where you don't have to think too much, but yeah. it entertains you at the same time. So I'm currently making a scarf. It's taken me three months, but it's okay. We're getting there. Um, <laughs> but something that has been really, has been, has helped me cope with COVID and having to stay home because I know that everything is sort of broken up into fun little activities and pockets of entertainment so the day doesn't seem so draining and boring. Nice. Those are a lot of activities. I think what I like about all the coping skills you've all uh, mentioned, besides them being very simple, they're all scheduled. Like you didn't, you know, you plan for it. It's something you think about. So even when you go to bed, you're, you know, you're looking for it like, oh, it's, you know, I'm going to knit tomorrow, I'm going to bake tomorrow. So that um, scheduling and, you know, not just letting the time go by and going with your feelings, actually planning specific activities. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so I'll write them down again and um, leave them in the description so that you guys can, um, yeah, read through and pick a few tips for yourself. So um, uh, as we've already mentioned, the COVID-19 pandemic is very uncertain. There's a lot of things we do not know exactly how they'll go. Um, in your view, and especially as psychologists and, and people just in your communities and the people around you, what concerns and maybe challenges have you seen that you know the COVID-19 pandemic has brought about and maybe more specifically in terms of mental health, what concerns have you seen? Uh, Edwina, you can start us off. The concerns that I've seen are because of because people are staying home, they're more likely to be lonely. Mm -hmm. And online interactions, as I said before, they don't really hold the same warmth as physical interactions. So re relationships are somewhat compromised. And so um, I feel like because of this, depressive states are arising. And additionally, because they're all at home and uh, school is online, mm. I worry that the children, when they have to go back to physical school, they may not know how to interact because we've been in our houses for so long and we only interact with those in our houses or those in the next house. I think in the UK, they have like a two household something, right? Hannah, Zainab can... At the moment, it's a total lockdown. So absolutely nothing. You've got to stay. Oh no. In your house. But yeah. Yes, like, <laughs> Yeah. After, apart from those interactions, they may struggle to now interact with other children who are not in their mm. um, households. And this may be sort of foreign because, again, we've been in our houses for, I think, a year now. Yeah. It's going to be a bit weird to have to talk to a total stranger. Yeah. And having to re-educate ourselves on how to hold social interactions, I think that's going to be a challenge in the future. Yeah. But the most concern is how to help people to deal with... Um, the boredom and loneliness that they may face, especially in single occupant 
households where it's just one person in the house and the only other people they talk to is online through Zoom or mm-hmm. Teams and stuff like that, how to help them and how to deal with them because they may be facing it more because of how little their interaction is with other people. Yeah, very valid point. And very unfortunately, something we can easily miss and not really look into. Hannah, what concerns or challenges um, do you see or even foresee due to the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I agree with what Edwina said. A lot of people will become more shy, less social, but also like attachment. You become attached to the people that you are with if you're thankful enough to be with them. Mm. And when things do go back to normal, you won't see them as often. If you've got used to something, you lose that routine. Yeah. And also a lot of people have had to lose work. They've had to lose money. Mm. And that affects everything in life because unfortunately money kind of controls a lot of things. True. And then there's worry of feeding your family mm. or, you know, are you going to be able to keep the house you're living in? Things like that, which are massive concerns. Yeah. And that can take a toll on a lot of people's mental health. And a lot of people feel like they're not doing enough because of it. You know, they feel they blame themselves for the fact they've lost their job. But obviously it's not their fault because of mm. the situation is totally out of everyone's control. Mm. Yeah, so, and it's, again, as you said, very, very unfortunate, but um, yeah, and, and I guess the bigger concern, or at least something to add on to what you already said is, you know, how long we could be in this situation, how long we could be worrying about work, how long we could be worrying about finances. Okay, Zainab, what concerns uh, do you foresee or challenges that the COVID-19 pandemic has brought about? I- I, d- I definitely agree with Adina and Hannah with loneliness because loneliness is a big contributor like it's really really hard adjusting from being able to be social and going out to having to only not be able to go out anywhere and not being able to be in contact with anyone mm. um, and that as well could also cause a fear of going out so it could affect a lot of people that they don't want to go out and go get their essential items they don't want to go out and go get their medication and anything that's important to them because they have this fear of going out because especially as well false news I think really like contributes to that as well because like I've seen so many things online saying like over like not I would say like it would it would make make the rules seem a lot scarier than they are and Mm -hmm. scare people so then that also links to people not being not wanting to go out and then also the fact that there's just been a sudden change like complete sudden change like I don't think any of us have experienced anything like this before so yeah us going through this and having to experience all these new things at, at such a quick pace as well we have to get used to it yeah definitely like a big contributor to what's been going on right now yeah and oof, we can only know what you know the future could be bringing so in your view and you know also as psychologists what do you feel authorities need to do um you know the people who run different organizations what needs to be done or what measures or policies need to be put in place so that, um, you know, regardless of where this pandemic takes us in terms of, you know, the effects of it, our mental wellness is, you know, maintained. So what do you feel needs to be done? Edwina, you can, you know, start there. What do you feel needs to be done? I think, okay, speaking from within Kenya, Mm -hmm. I think the government needs to pay more attention to the 
the mental health services that are available to people because the ratio of patients to psychologists or, psycho or psychotherapists yeah. is very um, disturbing because we have a lot of people who may need help, but then they may not have access to it yeah. simply because we don't have a lot of experienced people or the field is not yet big enough. The psychological field is not yet big enough to help every individual that um, needs the help. Mm. But I think like globally in some countries they have tried to address this. There, there is like a boom in um, online therapy sessions and counseling sessions that are available. I think there's a company called BetterHelp mm. and they offer services online. And yeah. I think their charge is relatively affordable. So I think more like um, city-based, well, more countries and more city-based governments, if I can say, need to pay attention to the people in that area and how they need help because obviously we can't necessarily leave our houses to go to a proper like um, hospital and seek help but we could have more online presence to mm. help us in that aspect. definitely i like that just pay more attention um zainab what do you feel needs to be done so i agree with edwina they i think the government needs to recognize that what's going on isn't our fault. I know it's not their fault either, but they need to recognise that what's going on is not our fault. And I, need, I think they need to be more optimistic with mm. how they talk to us as well, because like the way they speak to us, I think it really brings us down and brings the mood down. Yeah. So I know that COVID is really unpredictable and we don't know what's going to happen, but maybe saying that there's hope at the end of this, or maybe encouraging us to just keep going through this and encouraging us to keep in contact with our family and with our friends and to reach out for help and making that help more readily available like emailing us sending us letters saying okay like guys look there's this and this available we've created this so that you guys can have someone to talk to if you're lonely we've created a new app we've created this like yeah being like more aware of that lockdown has had a big effect on people and especially on their mental health so them recognizing this will make us feel more better and more trusting in the government yeah it's really unfortunate now when they turn it around on you that now it's almost your fault. But I like that to be yeah. more optimistic and that isn't too difficult to do. Yeah, it's basically how you put your message out. Hannah, do you agree or what do you think? Well, I definitely agree with all of that. But mm -hmm. I know for in the UK especially, problems, mm -hmm. they're not addressed in, the, in like the healthcare system until they're severe because they just don't have enough funding for it. But I feel like if they made more focus on teaching psychology at schools yeah. then people would understand when they were having issues themselves or when things started to be different because they'd understand it more and then they'd know to go and find the help earlier, mm. you know, building skills, finding tools that would help them with it before mm. it, it gets too bad. Mm. Edwina said counselling, but a lot of the time counselling helps for a certain amount of time. But I think it's also important to really teach people skills so they can build resilience because yeah. if something like this was to happen again hopefully it doesn't mm. but I'd like to think that if we were taught from the get-go you know tools for resilience that we'd be able to deal with it better again a very very good point how can we ensure and I like where your thinking is we you know we're thinking about now where we do need the skills but also in the future if there's one thing COVID brought about very clearly is um, you can make a lot of plans. You can have a really good idea of what you want to happen in the future. But sometimes th things could go a completely different direction. 
So when that happens, you know, how is your resilience? How do you deal with that frustration and that stress? Again, really, really good points. Um, and in terms, so already Edwina, you've mentioned, um, I believe better help, if I'm not wrong. Um, what resources are available um, where people can, you know, get help if they need to? What would you suggest, Edwina? I think amongst um, what I've seen regarding small communities is there have been a few that have been talking up, giving out like outlets and phone calls to phone phone numbers to call if a person needs to talk to another another individual. I know that the university that I'm in has been releasing several um, bulletins monthly to reassure like if you need to talk to somebody, there's a helpline you can call. I think it's only available in the UK, but it's the efforts that counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, so at least I haven't seen it among small communities and also within religious groups, they have been forming um, not like, I wouldn't say group therapy, but sort of yeah. people who come together and just talk about what is bothering them during mm -hmm. that period of their life. And it's been very helpful for them at that point. So I think if people, I mean, not everyone is as qualified as a psychologist or may not have all the tools that they need to help a person all the way. But I think encouraging more people to just talk about what it is that's bothering them can, can significantly help. Because once you let it go and put it out there, you feel a bit lighter. It may not solve the whole issue, but at least it it's comforting to know that you can talk to somebody. Yeah. So those are the resources that I do know are available, like talking within communities. Mm, okay, great. Um, Hannah, what resources have you found to be really helpful and effective? Um, well, I actually have been really looking into YouTube because a lot of people have posted wellness videos on YouTube where you can get involved with them and do the activities that they're doing. And they provide like a variety of things where it's arts and crafts or even just meditation. Mm. They help you like take time to really focus and relax and try just for 10 minutes to ignore everything around you. Yeah. Because once you've done that, you feel a little bit calmer and you feel like the day's, the day's going to be okay. You've been mm. able to relax. You've been able to focus on the good things. Yeah. I think that's very important in a time like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And also just taking it a day at a time. That really helps. Taking, you know, seeing what comes your way. Uh, Zainab, yeah. any resources you've seen or heard about that you found were really effective? I, um, over, the, over lockdown, I've been um, trying to learn French. So I checked the right online courses mm -hmm. and also also sign language. So I was checking courses and I found that um, they offered courses for like, you know, during lockdown, like people lost their jobs. So yeah. they were saying anyone who's lost their job or anyone who's a student or is low on money, they don't need to pay or they pay like a small fee. So I think for the British, for the sign language, yeah. I think I only paid three pounds, which is really, really low. And it's originally, I think it was only like 23 pounds originally. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, really helpful because it's making their courses accessible to everyone because they know that people are home now. So they're yeah. going to need something to do and they can do things that they always wanted to do, I guess, but just never had the time. Learn a new skill. Yeah. That is very ambitious, though. But you go. You go ahead. And do <laughs> that. <laughs> that's really, really great. 
So, um, yeah, I guess there are many different resources and many different ways people are being engaged. And I think, um, yeah, taking it a day at a time, taking up the help is also going to be really helpful. So, um, you know, as we wrap up, we'll start off with you, Zainab. What's the one piece of advice you'd give someone, yeah, who's listening today and maybe is really struggling with the, you know, the whole COVID-19 situation? I really think that you should celebrate all your achievements, whether they're small, whether they're big, whatever small achievement you've made that day, celebrate it and enjoy it. So simple. So celebrate and enjoy every <laughs> achievement. Great. Edwina? I would recommend taking 15 to 30 minutes minimum a day and just like reflecting on, as Zena said, like what you've done that day and celebrating it, but also spending time with family or engaging in a hobby that you may think is very, like it's, it's not as productive or as fulfilling and everything, but if it brings you joy, then take your 15 and 30 minutes to just have that. But yeah, essentially have like a me time for the section of the day. Yeah, so important, me time. Especially if you give a lot of your time to other people. And honestly, 15 minutes is so little considering how much time you might be giving other people. So again, another fantastic tip right there. Lastly, Hannah, what's the one piece of advice you'd give? Mine would be if you're feeling like this is never ending or you're feeling fed up, just take some time and think about things that you want to do when the pandemic does end. Find some things to look forward to. Give yourself that sense of motivation and find some happy feelings in, in the future, really. Yeah. Great. So thank you so, so much. Again, really, really good points. I think I, I've, I've actually written notes. So I will be sure to add some of the things in the description at the bottom so that, um, yeah, in case you haven't had a listen, at least you pick up on the tips. So Zainab, Hannah, Edwina, thank you so, so much for making the time today. Um, you have dropped a lot of wisdom right here and we're really, really grateful. So thank you so much for making the time. Um, that's all we have for today. And yes, I will see you in the next episode. Bye, ladies. Thank you. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast it was a pleasure having you on board thank you once again to all our guests in today's uh, podcast session as always please be sure to follow us on our different social media pages it is cbt kenya on all the three platforms that is facebook twitter and instagram and of course share this podcast with a friend who will share with another friend and yes let's share mental wellness